Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, I promised and I said that I was going to be on Facebook Live, and I'm going to tell you, today has definitely been a day. One of my computers don't even want to work. My other doggone, huh, it's just one of those days. But, however, I'm still going to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning, giving me the activities of my limbs. So you guys are going to have to bear with me today. It looks like I cannot be on Facebook Live long. But I did say if you wanted to join the show, this would be one of the ways you can join. But as you guys finally can see, this computer don't want to cooperate. So that's not going to happen. So today is Tuesday. I mean, today is Monday, basically. And as you guys can see, I'm starting the show a little later. Instead of the 12 o'clock session, we're doing it at 4. Now, today's topic is entitled Ending Childhood Sexual Trauma. Now, this is an important topic because even though we're dealing with COVID, even though our kids are being at home, the problem is when we start talking about sexual child abuse, it is one of the most stigmatized issues in our society. And even though it is a stigmatized issue in our society, it happens to all children and children all over the world. It is recognized as a violation of one's human basic rights, and it is a serious health problem. So I have some listeners that's going to be calling in today, individuals going to be special guests, and we're going to be talking about that topic. So let me log both of them on right now. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing, Miss Blossom? Hey, Precious, how you doing? You know what? I truly appreciate your obedience. I do because you know today has been a day. I didn't know how I was going to do this. The devil has been busy. But you know what? He is not going to win because we're going to still have Amen. a victory as putting this doggone information out there today. So, Amen. You are, and then I'm going to log in the other young lady that's going to be joining me today, too. So tell them who you are. Well, well, my name is Blossom Rogers. I am a child of the Most High God, and God has allowed me to be free from my childhood trauma. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that information because we're going to talk about that. Let me log on the other person. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette Abney. How are you doing? I'm doing good. My name is Mercedes. Well, thank you. I appreciate you, too, because you guys know, when I went to go take my test today for my notary recertification, some people told me my test was going to be at 1.30. So I've been there since 12.30, only for them to tell me that the proctor wasn't going to get there till 4. I was like, no, I got to go. (laughs) I had one percent on my phone. I couldn't. I tried my best to reach out to you guys. I was just like, really? I'm hungry. I'm tired. And if I hear one more law, one more anything, I I was just done. I was just so done today. But you know what? I rescheduled. Thank you, God. I, I rescheduled, so I'm, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get my notary recertification done. But I just couldn't believe how my day's been going today. So with today's show, it is designed to provide information 
to end childhood sexual trauma. Now, the information will be provided to reduce the stigma that victims endure. Because we're going to talk about, and I like how you said it, uh, Blossom, how you was basically, you said, went through this and where you are today. Because the Amen. part is right now we still have children that are still being sexually assaulted and that are still being human sex trafficking. And sometimes, you know, you wonder if people are putting blinders on it, if the parents know what to do, or it's one of those things that a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but we got to end the silence. We got to know how to recognize the warning signs, um, learn how to prevent these things from happening, have a better understanding of the legal system and issues that apply. And, and that don't mean if you're dealing with a childhood custody issue to be accusing the spouse or the husband or the father of doing things that he may not be doing or she may not be doing, because that's right. the problem, I believe, when it comes to the criminal justice system, even with social services. It is an issue. So we're going to right. also be talking about that in the aftermath of how it affects individuals in their relationship some of the long-term effects. And like I said, and I don't want individuals to think that it just only happened to to females because most young men have their first sexual encounter with an older female. And when young men have been sexually assaulted by someone of the same sex, that also can create some psychological issues that can hinder them or cause them to have relationship issues. And then you might be married to a man that was sexually assaulted as a kid, and he may be still struggling with those issues and don't know how to talk about that trauma. And that's some of the things we're going to be talking about. So I want you to start first, Blossom. What do you want to hear as it relates to this topic? Well, uh, like I said, my name is Blossom. I um, I am a, a recovering addict. I was on crack cocaine for 19 years, but I have 16 years clean by the grace of God. And what led me to smoking crack was by me being molested. Um, but we have to remember, too, that it also is generational curses as mm-hmm. well. Um, if, if, if the parents or... You know, back in the, our grandmama days and all that, that was a normal thing, you know, for for uncle to do this and uncle to do that. But as we know, that's not normal. But if they haven't dealt with their issues, they don't know how to help the, the, their children with their issues. You know what I'm saying? You didn't you didn't talk about stuff. Whatever happens in the house stays in the house. Mm-hmm. And one thing I realized, too, we're, we're just as sick as our secret. So, God, like I said, God has blessed me to write the four books, but my two books that I talk about from under a bridge, I ended up under that bridge, not just because of the molestation, but of other things, too. But mm-hmm. because until we deal with the root of the issue, why, I, why was I getting high? Because I wanted to forget about all what had happened. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, due to, due to me going through that, I end up in a homosexual lifestyle because I had been molested and raped. So I thought going with a woman was better. So you know, it it, it it's a pattern. It just, but if you don't talk about it, you know what I'm saying? It continues to keep going on. It's like that elephant in the room. Everybody see that elephant, but don't know about mm-hmm. to touch. It. You know, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. so that's what it is. 
and we just in in African Americans we don't like to talk about molestation or mental illness. So I've been through that too, you know, in institutionalized because uh, they said I was schizophrenic. They would say I was bipolar, but what it was, I was I was depressed because nobody would let me talk about what I had been holding in. Ten years, I was holding somebody else's secret. That wasn't my secret. That was his secret. So God had to teach me how to give the secret back to him. But most of all, God had to teach me how to forgive my abuser. Uh-huh. And then had to how to forgive myself. That that's where it starts at. But like I say, you know, uh, until until the people have dealt with their own, because I can't help nobody if I haven't been helped. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's like a blind leading a blind. And then, like I said, we're just as sick as our secrets. Yes, uh, some men are doing prison time because they've been lied on. So we just uh-huh. have to look at look at. It's a lot of men that are doing prison time because somebody said they did something to them. Unfortunately, um, sometimes because of the lies, sometimes the people don't want to believe when something is really going on. You know that what I'm saying? True. So it, it's like we caught in the middle. But for people that have been through that, it does mess with you mentally um, and, and affects you in different kinds of relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I love Little House on the Prairie. But every time mm-hmm. I see Mr. Ingalls try to pick up uh, Laura uh my my mind goes to don't go don't get on his lap because he's gonna touch you. You know what I'm saying? So I have to remember that that there's healthy touches. You know what I'm saying? So it's a process. It's a process. But each time God allows me to speak about my my situation, it's more and more healing. You know, it's a process that we have to go through. Um, maybe I didn't sexually abused my my three sons but mentally i put them through a lot um mm-hmm. because you know because every time i was doing prison time they was doing prison time so it's a process and we have to recognize it for what it is and stop sugarcoating stuff That's it's wrong true. for any yeah and and you know because people think that uh touching is not a form of molestation any time that an adult touches a child in an inappropriate area is a form of molestation we got to call it for what it is so like i said this show is i pray that somebody gets some healing from this this show to to, to always know that it was not your fault because you know our accuser wants to think that it was our fault when we were children you know what I'm saying? We did what the adults told us to do. We, if you know, you we was brought up. Whatever somebody a grown up say, just what you do. So, like mm-hmm. I said, I pray to God somebody gets healing from the show tonight. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And not only God is teaching individuals how to talk to their children, because I have conversations with my grandson because he writes. He's a he's a social butterfly when he ain't in trouble. Because right. You saw what I posted what he said about Trump was making him be bad. So I'm like, really? So. So I asked him, because he like, he'd be wanting to go play with the kids in the neighborhood. And see, sometimes parents would be either protective of their kids, playing with other kids, because they probably don't want them exposing things. Sometimes they'll isolate the child. But you want to try to educate and prep your child. So I was asking right. my grandson, if somebody told you to show me your body parts, or they showed you, what you go do? And I was listening to some of the things he was saying back to it. I'm like, wait a minute, what do you be watching? Who talking to these kids? Because when we start talking about even exposing them to pornography, having them watch right. certain things on television, a lot of that could be traumatizing. Now, Mercedes, you were the one that really wanted me to bring this out. 
Talk about what you want to add to the show as it relates to ending childhood sexual trauma. As I say, my name is Mercedes. Um, I come from a Hispanic culture. I'm from Panama, and one of the biggest things in our culture is a taboo also. We don't talk about these things. It happened to me as a child, 10 years old, and I suppressed it until when I had my second child. I went into a postpartum depression, and that's when the molestation came back to me. I was living with my uncle for a year, and he molested me that whole year that I was living with him. I was was in isolation. I didn't have no family come and check on me, so I felt abandoned. I felt alone. I felt sad. And then he took me back to my mom, and he said, don't tell your mom anything. So it traumatized me, and it made me feel very insecure and very doubtful of all what God has blessed me with my gifts. So Mm -hmm. for me, I just want to reach out to my, not only to the Afro-community culture, but also to the Hispanic culture, because that goes on a lot in our culture. We are faced by our uncles, because this was my uncle, my grandmother's brother, and so, and we have cousins in the family, and we have other people around us, friends and family that come around and visit. So we have to educate our children um, not to be too, um, to, to teach them how to protect themselves, because I know it wasn't my fault. It was not my fault, but I dealt with it for so long, and I kept it in my heart for so long, and it hurted me, and I got depressed, and I got sad. So for me, how I dealt with mine, I didn't turn to drugs, I didn't turn to proximity, but what happened to me, I just felt that I had to please everyone around me, give everything to everyone, you know. So I left myself short, and I used to feel so, so hate inside. Why am I feeling this way? It's because the position that I was in at 10 years old, that I had to work for food, and I had to work for shelter, and I had to work for uniform to go to school. And so mm-hmm. therefore, I know then that is a, a, a child should not have to go through that. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. I went through that. And I just want to say for the children, the families and mothers and fathers, take care of their children. Watch where your child, is, where, where your child goes and make sure that they are safe and educate your, educate your children. Be mm-hmm. the advocate for your children because nobody's going to protect your children. One of my biggest things that Blossom just said, that the little house of, when in the little house of Ferry with the yeah. little girl, my thing was I used to hate to see little girls sit on men's lap. Oh, that would just traumatize me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like when men say, oh, little, you know, have a child and they put them in their lap. That does make me feel so uneasy. So uh-huh. I always say, like, I have two daughters, and I always say, I don't want you guys sitting on no one's lap. You know, no men's lap or anything like that. So for me, I just want to reach out to the community to be more uh, aware of what's going on <laughs> and talk about, uh, talk about it more. Because sometimes we miss, we miss, we miss, we miss um, the signs of what it is because I was very quiet and I was very timid. And I didn't have a boyfriend until later in my lifetime. But my thing is, is that we have to be more aware of our children's signs because sometimes we say, oh, well, maybe she's not feeling good. Maybe she don't feel like eating today. But we have to be mindful of the signs. If you know your child is not that way, make sure and pay more attention and get that child into psychology help and get some kind of help immediately. Just don't wait and just dismiss it. Correct. And you know what? And the thing is this, it's never too late to address the trauma. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of times, you know, we got to take away the guilt, the shame, and the blame. And sometimes parents don't know what to do because they're afraid or they are embarrassed and they don't want 
you know, to have to leave their husband. They may, and, and that's the sad part about it. And one of the things I also want to share as we are talking about this topic is, you know, Mercedes, I know you was indicating that some of those things in regards to, you know, the sexuality, but some some young ladies or young men become very promiscuous. Um, sometimes they wind up in toxic, unhealthy, domestic, violent relationships. Because yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. Pleasing because, you know, even trying to find friends, they don't think people are going to believe them. So they hold in a lot. And when you guys were talking about the trauma, and one of the things is the PTSD. So sometimes even watching things like that. I mean, we grew up watching the Brady Bunch. And then they said that there were things happening. And these things were happening, they were happening on television because some of the people that were stars are in um, the actors and actresses had experienced some type of trauma themselves. So we have to get to the point to where we do better when it comes to this topic and stop silencing individuals or victimizing individuals. And this show is not designed to make people feel bad because healing is possible. And like you said, Blossom, is when you give them their secret back. And and I also want to mm-hmm. add to this, because we're talking, and as you guys are mentioning, talking about the uncles and the fathers and the grandfathers and the, the males, but there have been incidents of mothers that have sexually assaulted their sons, too. And yeah. psychologically, yeah. that messes them up. Because I remember when I was a teenager and, you know, when I was dating, I would go to to one of my ex-boyfriend's houses, and his mama would be laying up in his bed, and I was like, what the world is this? You know? So, and, and at that time, I didn't know stuff like that even existed. But mothers got to be careful, too. Your son is not your boyfriend. So, you know, we just got to be, we, we, we got to do better. We really got to do better when it comes to this issue. Because that trauma is, is no joke. It is no joke. And, uh, but, mm-hmm. but you know what? We have to remember to hurt people hurt people. Uh, <laughs> you know, because they didn't grow up saying they wanted to molest the child. Something had to have happened in mm-hmm. order for them to inflict that on a child. You know what I'm saying? They saw something or something was done, you know. And, and so, like I said, I'm not defending anybody but hurt people hurt this human nature, you know. And, and but until we until we put a, a a stop to it, just stand up and say, you know, this don't need to be going on. Um, and you know, at the schoolhouses, you know, God has blessed me to speak at some some schools. And if you see a child with their arms folded. Mm-hmm. Something's going on, you know what I'm saying? You can't ignore everything, you know. The oh, that that's they just turn into a teenager. No, it's something. They shut down. It's something going on with them, you know. Mm-hmm. But so many, right. so many parents are trying to be their their kids' friends, so they're missing a lot of stuff that's going on. So, mm-hmm. and another thing I want to talk about, even as we're talking about this show, and is teaching and educating our children about childhood sexual development. Because even with this incest, sometimes you have siblings where a sister has been molested by the brother or by the cousin. So sometimes you take a bunch of kids and you put them in a room and they start playing with each other. They start playing yeah. doctor, 
fondling with each yeah. other. So sometimes we have children that are holding on to things that it was done to them also by their siblings too. So a lot of yeah. times it's not just an adult that molested the child. It could be their brothers or their sisters or their cousins. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that oh, yeah. a lot of that happens. Yeah, a lot of that happens. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then, like I said, when I was coming up, you know, I had one of my friends, she had a baby from her, 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 her real dad, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just, you know, it's just, it's just sad that um, people have to go through stuff like that. You know, you have people that are killed. There's a, several times I tried to kill myself because of the drugs and because I just wanted to, to go away. But the more we, like I say, the more we talk about it, take the bandage off and let the let the sore heal yeah. properly. You know what I'm saying? I like, mm-hmm. um, I like yeah, because you know, like the old people say, let you got girl, you got to let some dirt get into it so to heal, right? And we have to get dirty and just talk about what is really going on. This is what happened to me, you know. Stop mm-hmm. saying to be quiet, you know. I, I need to talk about this. So I tell a lot of people, I'm not ashamed of nothing I did. I've done everything out there but slept with an animal because I was on drugs real bad. But you mm-hmm. know, I, by by God blessing me to write the books. That was my time just to put it out there. So if I put it out there, I don't care who say or or talk about me. If if I'm not toting it around no more, I'm not up on the bridge smoking crack. I'm not uh, a prostitute no more. I, I'm not an unfit mother no more. So it it the, like I say, the more we talk about it, the more the more we can uh, help ourselves and others. That's that's the way that's I look right. at. It. You I know what? I agree with that. Mm-hmm. When you were saying that it reminded me, and, and I and I've shown quite a few of my clients when I would do the my substance abuse group, the clip of when you was on Cleslo Dollar Show, you were talking about how people would pick up the house and wait to move, and I knew what I was saying like hot butter. I was like, no, you didn't say that. I'm Girl, you know I tell the truth about Blossom because, you know what, because you got to be truthful about that. You got to, you know, like a lot of, like a lot of people say, Blossom, I had somebody ask me, Blossom, who is your, you got a manager? No, the same energy I had when I was at the smoking crack, I would knock on them dope boys, though, can I do this and do that? To, to, to uh, get a hit of crack is the same energy I got to have now. I, and I love to laugh. You know what? We have to remember uh, that there's two kinds of laughter. Are they mm-hmm. laughing with you or at you? You understand? Know and, mm-hmm. and I did, and I did some funny things out there. I mean, one night it was raining so hard, and, and, and somebody that came there to my house with a lot of money, I'm not going to let that money leave and go nowhere else. I said, I'll be right back. I mean, y'all, it was lightning and thundering. I put a black, a plastic black bag on, on a bicycle that didn't have no brakes and had an umbrella trying to go to the dope man. You know, God, God covered me. <laughs> I listen. I didn't like water, and, and water didn't like me. I, I smelled like hot buttermilk and looked like tails from the crib. I did. I did. So, 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 so what I'm saying is, when when God, if God covered me out there then, then He's covering uh, me now to tell, to yeah. tell somebody. Because you know what? When you can laugh at yourself, can't nobody else, can't nobody well, make you feel bad about. Do you do you understand what I'm saying? 
My, yes. my prison number is 5899 It's just not a functional number. I I, uh, I was chopping trees when I was in prison. Girl, I'd be around here sweeping and be about out of breath, so I can't go back and chop those trees, so that means stay out of trouble. So you, you just got to be <laughs> You just got to be real about the thing. I'm being honest. Y'all know, you know, I'll tell the truth about Blossom. Thank you. But you know what? And that's the beauty of when you know you heal. It don't, yeah. you're not ashamed. It doesn't, you know, and you can go back to that person. And when we talk about forgiveness, forgiveness means setting yourself free. Forgiveness that's means, right. it doesn't mean you've done anything wrong because no one should be victimizing children. And that's the sad right. part of it because I've worked with individuals and have known cases because I was trained as a sexual assault response person. And, uh, you know, I was also a child abuse um, advocate. I've done a lot of different things working with children that have been abused and neglected. But, I mean, I've seen and have heard situations where there were babies that was sexually traumatized. A baby. Yeah. Babies. Make right mind go want to penetrate a baby, an infant. So that lets Somebody you know there's some things going on. I was watching the show yesterday because I like watching a lot of cop movies, and they were talking about the serial killer. And part of this man's issue was he had a little penis, was part of the problem. And he was going around, and they realized he had to be a cop because he knew that every move. So when you're looking at people in uniforms or you're thinking, oh, well, they're in the military, that doesn't mean that they're not capable of doing these things. You know, I've done um, classes, and I, I like using this book, and it's entitled How to Spot a Dangerous Man Before You Get Involved. But I also say dangerous women. But, see, sometimes we think because they're educated, because they're professional, because they got this particular job, that don't mean anything when it comes to trauma and abuse. And it's happening to individuals, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, what your educational level is, and, and Mercedes, you know even what country you were raised. Because mm, yeah, in yeah. some countries, it's the, the rate is higher than it higher. is in the United States. Because they normalize. Mm-hmm. And it's not acceptable not normal. You're hurting people. And if you are a perpetrator and you're out there, get you some help. Get you some help. I remember working with a man one time, girl. I used to have that man so traumatized. When I first saw him, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be a problem. And I remember telling my cousin, um, stay in my office with me. He was like, why do I got to stay in your office? And I'm thinking, because I don't want to jack this man up, because you know, I ain't going there with this man. (laughs) Girl, I had that man so scared. I told that man, my, my philosophy was, if it ain't right, it ain't right. So he knew I can't be going around doing this with these kids. I can't be masturbating in front of him. Because he was born and raised in Canada with a home in a home with a bunch of kids. He didn't know what he was doing with traumatizing these kids. He didn't know. So I've worked with individuals that are victims as well as the perpetrators. And I remember my mother telling me, Jeanette, I don't know how you go do work with perpetrators because you can't just beat up everybody. You can't. So I had to try to find a way to get into their psyche. But then I also know when I was watching the show that we were talking about serial rapists and serial, 
sometimes they go on a little bit too deep. That that's a, a dark place, but they still can get some help. But you know what? They gotta want it. You right. You right. They gotta that's want a, it. They have to be ready. Mm-hmm. Gotta be yeah. ready. And sometimes they are so ashamed in some cases, and then sometimes it's a thrill. It's you know, and it's it's just one of those things because I I, I can say like even working with adults, I've also worked with children that have been perpetrators or victims. And it's just a mindset. It's just a mindset. And it's so sad because when I work with, we talk to children and teenagers, most of them have also been sexually abused. Right. And in most right. cases, they will abuse someone the same age that they were when they were abused. It's like that's when they become fixated. That's when they become right. stuck in age. And it does become a problem, and especially if they don't talk about it or get some help. You know, I remember working in juvenile hall in San Diego years ago, and I was um, had a situation with a person, and there was no resources. They're just now starting to develop resources to try to help children and young adults. Because back in the late early 80s, early 90s, I remember my supervisor told me, with a kid, um, Jeanette, will you work with them? And I was like, but this kid can go home. He could be your next-door neighbor. Your child could be yeah. outside. Again, and now he does hurt your baby. So how is it we're not yeah. going to do nothing? I, I just couldn't, I could not live with that. So I had to develop a program and just work with that child to try to get that young man to realize you can't be doing this. And he thought he, because he didn't have no girlfriend, nobody liked him, his stepsister paid him some attention. So his stepsister became his little girlfriend in his mind. He was 14, she was five. Like, really? Wow. So some of the things that you need to pay attention to. If your child is dressing or overdressing and and being promiscuous or trying to fit in, and, you know, we need to pay attention to that. And like I said, and I know human trafficking is a whole other issue, but these are things we need to be mindful of. We really need to be mindful of that. And if you are an adult and you have experienced sexual trauma in your life, talk to a trained, specialized therapist. You know, talk to someone. There's crisis hotline numbers. There's programs out there. And i got to go off Facebook Live because I had a lot of information and it's on my phone because my computer just died. My goal was to buy me a new laptop, and I didn't do it. And um, <laughs> i got to do it now because this, this is ridiculous. So if you want to call in on the show and you want to join us, give us a call, 516-387-1914. I would love to hear your thoughts. If you have a program or you are a provider or a therapist and you specialize in this area, give us a call because I would like for you to share what you do, where you can be located, and so that individuals can have someone to go and they know that help is out there. And I also want to say with a resource, too, in most areas, you can call 211. And just 211 is InfoLink, and they can also provide you with a um, trained specialist, a facility, or a therapist, 
or go through your insurance network. And we also have what's called EAP. Now, not all therapists are trained in this area because there are some therapists themselves that are working on their childhood sexual trauma. You know, and it could be what you call a conflict of interest or they may, it may be too close to them. But there are people out there. Okay? So let me go on Facebook Live. Thank you for joining me on Facebook Live. So when we start talking about this, what made you, and I want to start with you, Blossom, what made you get to the point to where you said enough is enough? I, I, I can't I can't live like this no more. I had um I had been getting high for like two weeks, just just wide open, just wide open. But I was I was so tired to my eyelashes was tired, the ones I did have. And Ooh, I, I <laughs> and I just I was in a crack house in Daytona Beach because you know that's where all my addiction happened in Florida. And I started writing God a letter. And I still was smoking crack, you know. And a lot of people talk about how you gonna write God and smoke crack because God is still in control. No matter what's going on, He's still in control. And I still had the shirt, the shoes, and the purse I had on that night. Now, what I don't know what I had on at the bottom, but I pray to God I had something on. And I just just started writing God letters, which just I was just so sick and tired of being sick because I had to let men beat me. I had to let women beat me, and I had to beat myself. And I was just tired of sleeping in cars, sleeping on people's couches. Uh, and, and I remember just smoking it. So the young lady that um, house I was in that night, I told her when she came to bring me another hit of crack, I said, when you see me again, I'll be clean and sober. And she laughed. And oh. I'll never forget, I kept, on, I kept on writing, and I took that last hit, and I put that uh, stem down, and mm-hmm. I put my purse on my shoulder. And I walked out of that crack house, and I checked myself into a mental hospital. And I begged them people, I said, don't let me go. Until you find me a place, because I hadn't been to prison, I hadn't been to jails, I hadn't been to so many rehabs. I I I remember sleeping up under the bridge at night in the back seat. Either I was crying because I was smoking crack or I didn't have no crack, you know. And them people was driving across them bridges. They was living, and I hadn't tasted the goodness of the Lord. And I I wanted to get back there. And so, like I said, uh, they they started doing my intake and. Uh, started an assessment, and she said, Blossom, are you willing to be relocated? I said, yes, ma'am. And so she was gone for about 30 minutes, and when she came back, God had opened up a door down in Miami. And so when I went down there, I couldn't play them games down there because they'd have killed me down there, you know what I'm saying? So enough was enough, and and I just started dealing with my issues. I had had tried to deal with the issues before, but God put a, a, a Caucasian counselor in my in my life and she didn't play with me because see i was one of them fast talkers so i needed somebody who was going to sit me down and get real and make me get real and god uh-huh. bless it i just started dealing with it and like i said no it didn't feel good but everything we go through is working for our good i was just sick and tired of being sick and tired and just had to realize them that it was not my fault you know um you why you been you by you told it for so many years and and just and just saying, Lord, I just want I just want this to stop. Now, just some thoughts they do come back, but I don't have to go and get high behind it. And as you know, the enemy wants to keep you down anyway. Oh, yeah. But like I said, like I said, just talking about it. Like tonight, it's, this is a blessing. Each time I could talk about it, it's more and more healing. Mm-hmm. Now, Mercedes, what made you want to? Because you said that you wanted to to do things also in your community in Panama. What is your 
what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself going with this? Because, you know, a lot of times if people only knew what you've been through, you know, I had reached out to a young lady that was also a radio host a while back and I remember listening to one of her shows and I remember being in middle school with her and she was on, God, what was it, the, the Biggest Loser or whatever with the weight thing. And the guy that wrote, that did the show wrote a book, and he put her in a book, and he told her, you're not going to lose this weight until you let that weight go. And she was wow. born to being molested from the age of 5 to 12. And, wow. and at 12, in middle school, if she would have came to me, I wouldn't have known what to say to her. I wouldn't have, cause see, I was that type of kid. You wasn't gonna molest me, cause first of all, I was, I was twelve. I was, a, I was five, five, one hundred and twenty pounds. So I was kicking butt and shooting. Them, so yeah, I wasn't gonna be the one. So now I'm not saying that it didn't happen to other females in my family, because I believe it also happened to my mother. And my mother was overprotective about that same token. She put us in compromising positions, to say the least. But the thing is. It, it, the problem is, it, it's just that how do you know? What do you do? And like I said, I wouldn't have known if a friend would have came and told me, you know, that this this was happening to her. So I want to share this information, and it indicates how can or what can we do when they're talking about um, the of the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline. Need help? The number to call is one eight hundred six five six hope, and so that's one eight hundred six five six four six seven three and you can be connected to a trained staff member from a sexual assault service provider in your area. So there's a lot of things that are available now that wasn't available when I know when I was younger. But getting back to what I was saying, Mercedes, in Panama, what is it what are your what are your goals? What is you what is it that you want to to do to try to help make a difference as it relates to this field? and also to help other people. Well, what came to me, I've been praying and asking God to, to heal my heart because I've been so sad and anytime that issue comes up, it just brings me back into that place of sadness. I for, I've forgiven my uncle and for myself because he's already gone. My thing is that I, I see so vivid in my culture still where I want to help children that is being sexually abused and they carry that trauma straight up until their adulthood. So for me, I, God was telling me, no, Mercedes, be a change for yourself, and then you can be a change to humanity and for you to do some humanitarian work to do more healing for yourself. I'm so glad I got this opportunity to do this because it's helping me heal right this minute, and I'm so blessed and I'm so happy about that because I kept it so long, this secret, so, so many, never talk about it, nothing in my own culture. Because we don't talk about these things. It's, it's still uh, it's such, a, such a sensitive topic. And so I would like to be more an advocate for children so children can feel more safe and they can talk about what's going on in their life and at least educate their parents and their, wherever is your uh, custody, the person that they, that's taking care of them. So that is where I really like to be, be more an advocate for children, teach children how to, how to protect themselves if their parents are not around, you know, educate the, the community a little bit more, have a little more resources in the community because I don't think in Panama we have those kind of resources, which I haven't researched yet, so I could be wrong on that. But I would like for it to be more 
given into each household, you know, maybe presented into the school so the school children can have that and take it home or, you know, have a meeting with the parents and let them be more aware of okay. their surrounding with their children and family. So that's where I, I stand with that. That's where I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to do. Well, it sounds like you got a helper right now because Blossom just sent me a text message. So Blossom, tell her you want to connect with her to, to give her more information? Oh, yes, I would love to. Okay. Yes, so I, yes. I will definitely and give then, you that phone number. Okay, yes. Because you know what? It takes a, I know. I, I would, would love to come visit you. Yeah, I'd love to come to Florida or come wherever. Yeah. I'd really like to be in an organization where we can, you know, do big things. I know God have he, he put that in my heart, and I know this is my time to tell my story. I never told my story before to like this. So I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward for more and to expose and to not to be ashamed anymore and not to be keeping it as a secret. My story can help others, and that's what I really like to do. That's uh-huh. right. Well, I'm, I, I reside now in um, Alabama, but like I said, God had us on here for a reason. So that's what we got to do. We got to tag team. and Because, you know, when we was coming up, if you did something wrong, the neighbor beat you, then the next neighbor beat you, mm-hmm. then mama beat you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And we done got... We done got away from that because if you hit somebody child mind, you got to fight the whole family. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. but we got to get back to uh, pulling together and and helping these children and helping these women. You know, you got older women sitting in the church, seventy and eighty and ninety years old, what have have never been able to really talk about what they've been through. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yes. like I say, that's what it's about. So, I would love for us mm-hmm. to tag team and, and work together. Oh, yes. And you know absolutely, what, Blossom, you, you just brought up something because a lot of times people don't realize that some of the sexual trauma happens in the church system. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. a lot of individuals that have been molested by the pastor, by the deacon, by, you know, yeah. and the so-and-so. So, you know, a lot of times places that we we don't trust because we run to places to get help only to be re-victimized because most individuals that have been sexually assaulted have been sexually assaulted more than once. It can start off as a child molestation, and then years later it can turn into a date rape or a spousal rape. And Mm -hmm. so the thing that I want people to realize is you don't have to stay a victim. And I used to wonder, how did this person know? Do they got a bullseye on their head? So, but I want individuals to also know when you go seek help, it is confidential. It, it, it is. It's confidential. And it may hurt. You might not want to talk about it. You may feel ashamed, but you don't have to carry that pain with you anymore. Mm. And a lot of times people are afraid nobody's going to believe me because that's what they were told. There you go. Or, I don't want to get my parents in trouble. Or I don't want to, you know, and, and I'm not going to lie and say that it don't happen because some individuals have been taken away from their parents, placed in the foster care to be re-victimized again, you know. And so, therefore, we need to do better as a system and even with our society when we certify in foster homes and, you know, the court system. We need to be more mindful and also being able to determine who's a predator in those systems, too, because when we talk about human sex trafficking being a billion-dollar industry, somebody paying for that. So yeah, a lot yeah. of times people are throwing stones and hiding their tail. 
You want to yeah. speak on that person? Uh, you know what? I'm still, I've, I've um, counseled some young ladies that have been through that, and it's just amazing. It, it, I'm just, like my grandma said, I'm just dumbstruck that people are maneuvering around and being able to get away with this. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh. Um, oh, yeah. Some some hotels here in Tuscaloosa have been uh, raided because of that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's sad when somebody can govern a person's mind. But you know what? Mm-hmm. We we're dealing with demonic spirits. That that's 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 all it is. You know, because in the right mind. When I was going through stuff, and like when I, I show people my picture, you could actually see the the demonicness in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I remember I remember hearing a voice coming out of my body, and I know it wasn't my voice. You know, so that's why we had to be careful who we mingling with and stuff like that because spirits do jump. You know. Um, and and that's the demonic. Anytime that somebody does things like that, that's that's. That's not normal. That's that's a, a a darkness, you know what I'm saying? So um some of the girls that told me what they had to go through, it's it's everybody is sad when we go through molestation, but these are grown women that are being forced to do this stuff. So, you know, we have to look at and stop closing our eyes and stuff all I don't wanna get involved and all that kind of stuff. But what if it's one of our children? You know what I'm saying? So that is true. And you know what? And when you're talking about women also as mothers, it's empowering them, encouraging them to let them know if somebody's hurting your baby, you don't need to stay in that type of relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. A lot of times individuals are afraid to step out on faith because they don't want to be alone. You know, even right. when we watch movies, like some of the movies that Tyler Perry put out, um, I'm trying to think of, oh, God, I'm trying to think of what the show was. It was one of my favorite shows. So they played my Johnny Gill song on there. But when the mother knew that her child was being molested by her husband, but because he was rich, she allowed it to go on. You know, so sometimes people sacrifice their children. And their child holds to that animosity because they don't know what to do. And then they become overprotective of their children. What was you about to say in regards to that, um, Blossom? Um, you know what? Um, that was Madea's big happy family. Um, big, and, 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 you know and, and, and the other one was I hate it was it was was a family reunion. It what was yeah, big happy that family was one. Yeah, and there was and, another and, one, but the sister Mary. It was um, Blair Underwood. He was abusive, and with Blair Underwood being a bl- abusive. He married, oh, my God. He was about to marry one woman, but the woman called the wedding off. And the sister yeah, wife started married. Yes. Yeah. The and oldest, and, and, and then, yeah, the oldest sister told what really happened. She said, you knew what he was doing. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know what? Um, like, like I tell a lot of people, women that go through, women that – have baby out of wedlock and all that kind of stuff. They they feel obligated because they found some man that will marry them. You understand me? Um, 
and it still goes back to if they haven't dealt with their trauma, they don't know they don't know how to help nobody else. So the reason well, that some I, the, the reason I feel like some of the mothers get mad when the daughter says that because they haven't they 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 haven't dealt with their stuff. So uh-huh. if I can keep it quiet, you keep it quiet. You, you understand uh-huh. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Because it, it was just like I said, it's just it's just a it was just a norm. You know, don't, girl, Uncle Buddy didn't mean that he was drunk. Yeah, Uncle Buddy knew what he was talking about. You know what I'm saying? A drunk mind speak with a sober mind. But because uh-huh. they had babies out of wedlock and a man married them, uh, that's why they had to be quiet because they wasn't they couldn't make they couldn't take care of the bills without the man. You know what I'm saying? So, um, unfortunately, I'm not saying that's the right way, but that was the right way that they thought back then. It's it's still to this day. You know so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad part. That's what we're talking about now, Blossom. If these things are still happening today, like I said, another movie was Ease by You. That was another movie, you know, where yeah, yeah, we yeah. Had a lot of things. Yeah. So sometimes you see it on TV, and they were putting it on TV to try to get people to, to see that these things are happening, but it didn't stop it from happening. It seemed like some things got worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, like I said, y'all. And, and you know what? And and, and when these when the men go to prison, um, I, I mean, yeah, they get, they get, they getting labeled as predators, but they yep. still manage to get around with children. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So and traumatizing them. So it's just mm-hmm. that we all gonna have to like a village get together and raise the children. That's all it is. And raise the Coming children. Together. Mm-hmm. Come and on. And not to raise the children, Blossom. Help these young men. Help these yeah. young adults and even help some of the older adults. They don't have to die and take that pain to their grave. And learn how to forgive yourself even if you mm. was a parent and you failed to acknowledge the signs of your child at that age. Because I always say when you know better, you do better. Now, I want to give right. the listeners information, and it talks about what sexual abuse, also referred to as molestation, is an abusive sexual behavior by one person upon another. It is often perpetrated by using force or taking advantage of another. When the force is immediate or short duration or infrequent, yet it's called sexual assault. The offender is referred to as the sexual abuser or the molester, and the term also covers any behavior by an adult or older adolescent towards a child that stimulates any of the involved sexuality. The use of a child or another individual younger than the age of consent for sexual stimulation is referred to as child sexual abuse. Now, our statutory rape, because that's a whole other issue. And then we also have live streaming sexual abuse involves trafficking, Coerced sexual act or rape. So a lot of times when we're talking about these things, individuals will say, well, you know, it wasn't he didn't touch her. Well, no, no, just the psychological part. Now, in regards to prevention, there are some ways that, you know, and I'm looking at in regards to prevention, it talks about child abuse prevention programs were developed in the United States during the 1970s. So that lets you know a whole lot of sister watermelon in the church that might be um, older than being born in the 70s, there was no help out there prior to that. 
So they right. were developed in the 1970s. And originally delivered to children, programs delivered to parents were developed in the 80s and took the form of, you know, meetings and talking about it because people didn't want to talk about that. They did it under the rug. And we can't do that anymore. We, we just, it's just not acceptable. Now, when we talk about the healing, the healing, now, it doesn't mean that you wasn't affected by it. But healing is possible. The first step is to admit that something was wrong or something happened. Would you agree or what would you think? How did you, with, with the healing process, what would you say the healing, how does, what, how do you, the person takes that step to try to heal? Because being in denial don't oh. work. Um, that's a hard one. I mean, you know, um, I, well, you know what? Our healing process is because, like how we're on here now, able to talk about it. Um mm-hmm. And and not sugarcoating or not trying to uh, minimize, being just being open. It, it is it, it is what it is, you know. My I think my healing process started when I was able to write the book, because mm-hmm. when you when you become vulnerable, because you know you know you're gonna have a lot of people judge you, but when you get to that point, you don't care who talk about it, who laugh about it, who gossip about it. You just want to be healed. That I think that's the the beginning part right there. Like how we all get talking about it tonight. Well, one of the like you're talking about is when you basically are willing to, talking about, I'm looking at something, and it talks about the term healing rather than coping. Because you learn how to live despite and cope with the situation, but you don't minimize it. You're not ashamed. And they look at the framework of healing by female survivors of childhood sexual abuse, for example, was based upon the metaphor of constructing a personal residence to reflect healing as a laborious and constructive process. Now, they talk about the steps were involved in the process that was like building a house, determining to build rather than to remodel, meaning I'm going to learn how to set boundaries. I'm going to learn how to realize that I am important and realize myself worth. You know, you learn to set yourself free. And one of the things it talks about, and it talks about includes, is that the stages of the model included reappearing in the buried self, revitalizing self, resurrection of the self buried, re-innovating, regenerating, and reincarnating. So when you get to the point to where, like I said, you can talk about it and it don't hurt no more, or you could talk about it and you can see the new you. You know, I like when Paula White said once before, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be, to where right. you can look at that person and that person is not holding you bond, uh, 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 holding you hostage anymore. Right, right. No longer and you know people. what? That don't mean... Because you know, but you got a lot of people that's uh, locked up in prison, and they're free mentally. And you mm-hmm. have a lot of people that's locked, that's free and locked up mentally. So mm-hmm. you, you got, we have to know what's the what's the difference. Um, and like you said, when we can look at the person, um, and and not not I used to before when I see my abuser, I used to always drop my head, you know. 
but I was like, okay, so why am I dropping my head? You know what I'm saying? Let let me let me get let me be able to look at this person face to face because when I was called a liar back in the days, that person can't call me a liar now. Anything mm-hmm. that we do for God is it, it, gonna last. So like when my book first came out, it, you know, it was a lot. It was some people that was not happy about it because I had told the secret, mm-hmm. but. The books are not to hurt anybody. The books are to help somebody because we have a lot of people that are going through what we've been through. So by yeah. God raising us up to be able to talk about it, we're helping people. So many people are still bound. So many people are still oppressed because, and, and like she said, her uncle is, is, is deceased now, but she's still able to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So that I, that's it's, it's different levels of, of healing. Because I used to couldn't say the word without going to get high. Okay, yes, I've been through that, but what am I going to do with this? Let me be mm-hmm. able to help somebody else and let them know that it's okay. You're not by yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know you just gave me a topic for yesterday. Mm-hmm. for tomorrow because I was struggling with my topic for tomorrow, but it's going to be being oppressed. You just helped me with that. Thank you very much. Now, I want to tell because I was like, what on myself from the pulpit to the couch, but being oppressed because we 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 said free, we ain't gonna be being in bondage yeah. and oppressed. Before. So if you believe a child is being abused, call nine one one. You know you don't always want to go and try to rescue that child or that family because you don't want to put yourself in danger because you don't know how the person's going to react. And the thing is, you don't want to break the child's secret, but you got to get the child some help. Now, right. call 911 if you believe a child is in imminent danger. Call 911 if a crime has been committed against a child, is being committed against a child, or will likely be committed against a child. Another thing is, besides that and some information, it talks about um, how does childhood abuse affect adults' well-being. Childhood sexual abuse can range from, we talked about with the health problems, you know, they can experience um, because it is trauma. And, you know, it, it, here's some of the things that happen. Trust. Abuse impair your sense that the world is a safe place and impair your ability to trust others. Self-esteem. You blame yourself for the abuse. Even though it mm-hmm. wasn't your fault, it, you may have a hard time feeling good about yourself or hopeful about your future. Coping with stress. You may have a lot of negative feelings which may make it hard to cope. Impulsivity. Impulsivity means acting on urges before thinking through consequences, which can lead to risky activity. Anger. You may have a hard time controlling your anger. Disassociation. Your mind separates itself from the painful event. And that's another thing, too, is we I noticed with children and young adults that have been sexually abused, some disassociate, and that could be a form of a mental illness where they bring up a character. Self-harm. You may harm yourself, but not intend to end your life. It may be your way to cope through the feelings. Mental illness is another thing. Substance abuse problems. So those are some of the things that happen. Now, I know Depression. we are out of time, but I do want to talk a little bit longer because I want to make sure that we give the adults some things to look for. Because I know you said, um, Blossom, if you see a child with their arms folded or if you see a child that's 
isolating themselves? What are so many other things that parents can look for? We know bedwetting is another one. If we find that our child is a certain age and they're wet, also we want to make sure that we're not forcing our children to go sit on somebody's lap. And this is a big one too, um, Blossom. Oh, go get Uncle George the kids. Why? I got to go. Yeah. You know, but you so know, those another, another, another thing too. Have you ever seen how they allow these little girls to dance? Oh, that, yeah. The, 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 yeah. The way these little girls dance and the way they move, that would turn the man on. You know, it, it's it's all, they think it's cute, but it's not cute at all. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be careful how we are allowing them to dance and and, and, and dress and all that kind of stuff because we got predators out there that, that Look for little stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting, you said that I went to um, a couple, was it a quinceanera girl that was like they had yes. to coach out the host rolls. I'm like, really? Why mm-hmm. would you do that? You know? Yeah. So those are some of the things. And some of the other warning signs, because they have what's called physical signs, sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah. Give, if your child is itching, burning, scratching. They can have some type of STD. Signs of trauma, genital areas, unexplained bleeding, bruises, blood on the sheets, underwear, other clothing. You know, that's a problem, especially with boys, too. Um, Behavioral signs. Excessive talk about knowledge of sexual topics. Keeping secrets, not talking as much. Not wanting to be left alone with certain people. Or being afraid. Or uh, wanting to be away from uh, people. Regressive behaviors or um, resuming behaviors they had grown out of thumb-sucking bedwetting. Overly compliant behaviors, which is one of the things Mercedes talked about. Sexual behaviors that is inappropriate mm-hmm. for a child's age. Spending an unusual amount of time alone and trying to avoid removing clothing to change or bathe. Now, the emotional right. change in eating habits. Change in the mood or personality, such as an increased aggression, decreased confidence and self-image, excessive worry about fearfulness, because sometimes they're threatened and told that they'll kill the family and all of that. Um, increased unexplained health problems such as headaches, stomach aches, loss or decreased interest in school activities and friends, grades go down, nightmares, fear of being left alone at night, and self-harming behavior. Those are some of the signs. And if you are an adult, and these are some signs that adults may be hurting your child, they don't respect boundaries or listen when someone tells them no. They engage in touching a child or, you know, when the child don't want them to. They try to be the child's friend rather than finding an adult role like, so I got a four-year-old grandson. My four-year-old grandson best friend ain't going to be 20 years old. No, you right. hang up in right. a 20s. You know, so right. we know that that person has a problem. Um, also, I want to say this, too. I work with a lot of individuals that are developmentally delayed adults. For some reason, they could be very highly sexual. They right. don't need to be with a bunch of little kids because they already have a learning disability and can be highly sexual. That right there can also be a problem. Uh-huh. So. You want to make sure that um, 
the, um, talk with your children about their personal problems or relationships. Grown people shouldn't be talking to kids about their boyfriend, girlfriend issues. They want to spend time with your child alone outside of, um, you know, what they should be. I remember I had a teacher one time where the teacher would call me to go to band practice at 5 o'clock in the morning. Didn't call nobody else, honey. Jeanette didn't show up. Found out later that man was molesting some of them kids and that, um, that were majorists and stuff. So, you know, sometimes taking action isn't easy, but it's important. Meaning, I like what you said, Blossom. Parents need to get together. They need to bond there's unity and numbers. Gotta do yeah. better to protect our children, and we gotta do better with trying to get our young adults and older adults to to to, mm-hmm. to let go of that pain. Work through. I'm not saying let go. Work through it. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we end the show? No. Yeah. I, and I the next thing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay, Mercedes. What would you like to say? No, I just give God thanks too for this opportunity. I'm feeling more. I'm able to express myself today and, and talk about my issuer. I never was able to do that. So I feel empowered today. I feel thank God for that. So I'm moving forward and thank you for the opportunity. And thank you, Blossom, that we will stay in touch and have that movement going to save our children and that we can have more information out as a support group for women and men also. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I also thank God for the opportunity. Uh, you know, I love to laugh and have a good time. And Mercedes, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, may may God uh, show you favor because you've been able to open up today, and and it makes you, it's just mm-hmm. like you, it's just like you just got a, a breath full of fresh mint. You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, yes. When you're able to open up, and uh, mm-hmm. since you know, I, I love talking and playing around with you. We I got to get back out there. To, I to know this pandemic. Good lord. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and um, but you know what? But as long as we keep doing what we're doing by any means necessary, we're gonna get that word out there, even if I gotta walk away from my The people was like, I raised my hand, I was like, um, you told me that the test was at 1 30, I got here at 12 30, and now you telling me that the punctures won't be here till four, I got to go. I need to reschedule. Yes, yes, like, I'm just oh. real important, right? I'm just real important. People mm-hmm. follow me out. Like, What's your name? What's your radio topic? What's your... I'm like, I got a show I got to do at 4 o'clock. So we can reschedule this. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And I can do all that stuff later. But you know what? But the thing is, and I'm, I'm grateful because I, I had to withdraw from CNN today because I was watching too much news. So today I did actually nothing but sit at the hotel, sit outside, got me some sun, some, some fresh air, got to do the radio, and I'm ready to go in here and do laundry because I'm going to bed. I'm not doing nothing. I'm going to bed. Hey, hey, so today you know, you was said 8 o'clock, break. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to reschedule because I know, I know me. After I worked all day long and I got my mindset for a certain time, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to reschedule because I know I've been a passed out by <laughs> <laughs> By eight o'clock, but, but God be the glory. <laughs> yes, oh yes, oh yes. I. Why you go tell me I gotta be here at one thirty, and I get there early to take my test? I'm ready to take my test and go. And you, what? <laughs> oh no, oh no. Me and this test, we can wait. <laughs> I got my nerve though. I don't just go walk out the test. <laughs> walk out the test tonight. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I thank you, ladies, for being obedient. I thank you for where you are today. Oh, my God. And what you was able to share with other individuals that may be holding mm-hmm. on so they can know that they can be released and set free from this bondage and this pain. Mm-hmm. That hope is available. People will listen. People will believe them. And like I said, and don't blame, don't shame. And and we got to do better and make sure, too, that we're not, like you said, too, awesome. There are some men that are in prison and in jail and have been accused of things that they didn't do. But by that same token, we got to make sure that that don't overshadow those that are telling the truth. That's right. Right. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. So we know that. So tomorrow I'm going to be talking about being oppressed. Because Amen. we got so many individuals that are still feeling trapped that are still feeling under bondage, still feeling that they have no control, but God is definitely in control. You know, I was listening. I was trying not to, and they talk about they scared to have the inauguration. Girl, we ain't scared. And people better get their mind right. They really do because people are not playing. You know, you can't just be bullying folks and think you just go tell them what to do. But when you think about it, it's like people are just possessed. Their thought process stuff that's coming out of their mouth. I'm like, did you really just say that? Did you really, really? Like I said, my grandson had the nerve to say he was being bad at school because basically Trump made, because of Trump. What you well, know about that? <laughs> you more. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Have a good night. Blessed day. A blessed Bye-bye. week. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.